It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody could ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by New York Lottery. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Paul Dottino. He is Super Bowl champion punter Jeff Fiegels. Our phone number, and folks, we've got a different number today because of pandemic rules. We have been forced to change our studio setup once again. We now only have one line at a time if you'd like to get in. It's 973-667-1960. 667-1960. New phone number for the time being. We don't know exactly how long it's going to be, probably for the rest of the season. You could always find us on Twitter at hashtag GiantsChat, and you can always find an archive of the show if you miss it live in our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, at Giants.com slash podcasts. Mr. Fiegels, did mm. you get a chance to look at the NFC East standings today? I didn't even have to look at them. I knew exactly what happened last night so or yesterday. Indeed. The New yeah, York I've... Giants at 4-7 and seven with their first three-game winning streak since 2016 by virtue of a sweep over Washington are in first place. Mm-hmm. Typically, the record is switched around. You would think somebody in first place at 7-4. and four. But 4-7 and seven will work. Three-game winning streak. Team learning how to win, as we call that, uh, played well. I mean, you always want one of these one sides of the football to help you out, right? And the defense certainly did that yesterday for the Giants. Absolutely. Nineteen to seventeen victory over the Bengals. The Giants' first win in Cincinnati in seven all-time trips. That mm-hmm. has not been a pleasant city for this franchise. Now, before we go anywhere else, we might as well tell you that Daniel Jones is having an MRI on his injured hamstring today. Coach Joe Judge made that announcement following the game. He will not be addressing the media, that is Coach Judge, until around 4 o'clock this afternoon. So until such time, I don't expect that anybody is going to have any further items to advance that story. So anything we tell you is strictly based on what we saw or what was said during the postgame press conference. I will tell you that any speculation you see out there is strictly speculation and doesn't really hold any water whatsoever. Now, having said all of that, Jeff, Mm -hmm. let me ask you, as someone who is very attuned to the body and all the medical things that can go wrong, I mean, as as a punter, you certainly knew a lot about leg injuries and lower body injuries. You were telling me before we came on the air today that there are different styles and types of hamstring injuries, and that's part of what the Giants are going to try to investigate. Yeah, and I think the MRI will show most of it. But until then, you know, I mean, there, there's, there's different types of injuries. There's different, different types of people, Paul. Um, everybody heals differently. Um, and then, you know, the hamstring is tricky because you have points of where the hamstring attaches to the back of the knee and the hamstring goes up into the butt, you know, muscle. So there's areas where you high and low and degrees and separation. You have the, the torn hamstring and you have a pulled hamstring. You're hoping that, that Daniel Jones is a pulled hamstring where it's just a muscle pull. And, um, you know, those things can heal quicker than a torn hamstring, which really takes a long time to heal. And I've seen guys where they've torn their hamstring, then, you know, three hours later, the back of their leg is black and blue. So it looks like somebody shot you. Um, and it's not, not pretty. And so hopefully Daniel Jones gets a good prognosis and he's a, and he's a quick healer. And we know he's a tough guy. But the bottom line here is they'll do the right thing and try to keep Daniel Jones healthy enough to not injure him further so that he doesn't lose any more games going forward. Yeah, I think that's the big key here because you want to be smart with him, Jeff. You know you have five games left to play. You are in the middle of a division race. And if you feel as though, I'm again, I'm speculating. This is not a, a trainer's decision or a coach's decision that I'm giving you. I'm simply saying if I'm the coach... I'm trying to also weigh the fact that, you know what, maybe if you give him that one week, you get him for the next four games, as opposed to if you try to finesse it and get through, is it something that's going to recur or give him problems, and then maybe you don't have him for the last four games? 
yeah, they're going to err on, you know, the side of ma making sure that he's 100% healthy. You know, you don't want to sit – they're not going to send him out there 95%. He's going to have to be able to, to show on the sideline and do the things at practice that he's able to play because you certainly do not want to put your team at risk too. You know, you want to make sure you have the right person on the field. And, you know, is a 99 or 98% Daniel Jones better than a 100% McCoy? I, I would say so. But we'll have to see. I think this is going to be drawn out down to the Friday before they leave to go out to Seattle. We're going to find out something. To uh, look at Daniel Jones's quotes yesterday when he was available on the video post-game Zoom call, mm -hmm. uh, his quote was, certainly not discouraged. It's tough to tell exactly what it is right now. Uh, to paraphrase, he certainly said he thinks it'll be a day-to-day -day situation. He'll do everything he can to rehab it after getting the MRI today. And obviously, uh, he's in the hands of the trainers. And the Giants have, you know, arguably the best medical staff in the NFL. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, with the new protocols around the NFL on Mondays and Tuesdays, it's depending on, you know, I don't know where the medical goes there, but, um, you know, he's got to get and get some rehab right away and get that stuff done. I'm sure he's down either he's already been there or he's, you know, somewhere. Uh, their hospital special surgery is usually where guys go for the MRIs. I don't know if they still do it anymore, but that's where we went when I played. And um, they'll, they'll figure something out, but they're going to get him on a – he's going to get in the training room and he's going to get his rehab and they'll start working that thing around the clock. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty is our phone number. New York Lottery is uh, the presenter of Big Blue Kickoff Live. They have released their seasonal scratch-off games once again. Head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to five hundred thousand dollars. Please gift responsibly. Uh, Jeff, quickly to recap what happened yesterday with the Giants' victory. Uh, going into the game, and I don't back off of this. I mean, I'm I'm always here to answer to anything that I say or or, or uh, try to analyze. I thought it was important for the Giants to put the hammer down on a team that was shorthanded and a team that, in my opinion, did not have the roster to measure up to the Giants. I fully said the Giants must drop the hammer down on this team, convincingly beat them to show that they have taken another step along the lines of becoming a winner. Now, they did that offensively and defensively. Certainly, they held the Bengals to about 150 yards of total offense. There's little question. They had the three sacks. They had, you know, the, the turnovers. Defensively, that was an A game. There's nothing wrong with what they did defensively. I'll take that performance any day of the week. Offensively, I probably would have given them a B. They had a few miscues, but I'll give them a B up until the time that Daniel Jones came out. And then, obviously, all bets are off there when Colt McCoy is thrust into an emergency situation. So I felt pretty good about the offense and defense. But, Jeff, as we've discussed so many times, people often forget about the third part of the game. And <laughs> Often? This is, Always. Right? Yeah. And this is the one game this year where the Giants special teams did not live up to their billing. And I like to put on my coach's hat when I do these programs, and I like to analyze things. And if I'm head coach Joe Judge, I'm pretty angry with, with the special teams sure. folks because – and hopefully this was only an aberration for their sake. But the Giants nearly lost this game primarily because of special teams play yesterday. Yeah, field position. Field position, and, you know, when you look at – okay, so – the, the kickoff return for a touchdown right after the halftime, um, you know, that's just basically not being ready to play. They executed the, the return. There was a lot of missed tackles, which there always are on the returns for touchdowns. Okay, so that's just basically mental mistakes and not getting ready to come out of the tunnel and be ready to play into the second half. They caught you off well, guard. You, you, mean, um, you mean the, the 103, which happened early in the game? I mean, sorry, excuse me. That's right. The 103. Yeah, that's Will, right. Will Wilson with the longest play in I, Bengals I history. For that. Yeah, right after. Exactly. So the Giants go down on a great score, right? And then they end up kicking off and boom, it's right back in. So the guys just, you know, they just weren't ready. Um, the fake punt, nothing happened from it because the Giants were able to get an interception right after that. But, yeah. you know, that play there is was designed. And Lance and I talked about this in the, pre, in the post game yesterday. Teams that are not supposed to win, like the Cincinnati Bengals playing with a backup quarterback, what do, they, what do they need to do? They need to do something to 
to switch up the momentum of a game and get field position and different things, and that's on special teams. So the Giants should have been aware that they were going to some, be some sort of a trickery here and there, but they ran an ex- perfectly executed fake punt there. Now, luckily, nothing happened from it. And before, then the last before, before you go any further, I do want to give plaudits to Julian Love for making a one-on-one tackle because if he doesn't make that play, it's a lot of yardage. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, and, and you know, Joe Judge says this all the time. He doesn't believe in momentum, but I've been I've been in 350 games in my career. I understand about momentum, and believe me, fake punts and 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 block kicks in the special teams, those are momentum changers. Those are turnovers, and so you know that's a big play in the game. And then you know that shouldn't happen. It's just again, it's just not being prepared. And I mean, I don't mean that they. They didn't pay attention all week to what was going on. They just didn't have their daubers up in the game. They didn't, they, you know, down and distance, situational football. And then the last one is the one that really got me because, you know, the other ones you kind of skated through. You, got, you gave up a touchdown. You know, that's going to happen. Um, but, you know, the team rallied back to be able to take the lead. And then when you get the lead in the fourth quarter, you know, you have your four-minute offense for offense that you've got to run, run the clock. Make first downs, right? Make them burn their, t- their uh, timeouts. But on special teams, you got to make plays on special teams in the fourth quarter when you're sent out there to do it. And that punt was, was you know, those are the situations where I remember Coughlin always used to tell me, just kick it out of bounds 45 yards. I don't want the guy to return it because that, we don't want to take that into consideration. And so, you know, they, they lapsed in that, and it almost cost them the game. And luckily the defense bailed them out. So the defense bailed the special teams out really twice out of the three plays. They got, an, uh, they got a sack, fumble recovery, and they got an interception after two big plays in special teams. So thank you, defense. Thank now, you. Now, I don't know what happened with Riley Dixon on that last punt when Erickson you know, nearly broke it and Cam Brown had to make yeah. a touchdown-saving tackle. But we can say that Graham Gano on his post-game video call said he was not supposed to kick that ball down the middle of the field. Yeah, and he mishit well, it, miskicked it, sure. And he took a lot of the blame for that, and then also took some of the blame for for not being able to make the tackle. Well, I think you know there's ten other guys on that team that have to go down and cover. So you know, and that's inadmirable for him to take the blame for it. But you know, I always used to tell guys, you know, I had Deshaun Jackson return a ball on me where it was two feet from two, a foot from the sideline, perfectly kicked, and you know the guy returned it for a touchdown. So you know things happen. But you got to play better than that. I know that the Giants' special teams has been solid. Graham Gano is is a godsend. I mean, here we are at the beginning of the season, not knowing who's going to be the field goal kicker, and all of a sudden this guy lands lands in your lap. You got to be kidding me, right? Twenty four straight field goals. <laughs> I mean, what a veteran! Guy comes off the COVID list. You know, he's in his hotel room all week kicking into the net. <laughs> I mean, what a great, great show of ability to come out and do that. I mean, that's not easy. That's not easy just to be able to come into a game and with no practice all week. But, you know, he's a veteran guy, so that that helps him out a lot. Yeah, that is another sensational move, uh, an acquisition by general manager Dave Gettleman. Uh, Another credit to him. And, you know, I I will say this. uh, Because of how good the Giants special teams have been every week, and you talked about this well before the season started, Jeff. Mm -hmm. You said that Joe Judge's mission Number one is going to be win special teams every single weekend. Start there and then try to win one of the other three parts of the game and try to be as competitive as you can possibly be with that game plan. Well, I like to believe that based on what I've seen, this was an aberration. Do you, would you agree? I know Ebner came out of the game. I believe it was a knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, he only was in there for one play. I don't know how much that may have had to do with something because mm-hmm. I know he's one of the special teams leaders. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and hopefully he gets better and is able to come back because he's a, a guy that's, you know, that's a special teams captain. I think Julian Love will be your guy to probably replace him as far as his leadership and things that go on special teams. He plays a lot of special team snaps. Um, Eli Penny's another guy that plays tons and tons of special team stuff. But I think it's just an aberration, 100%, Paul. I think, you know, those, you, have some, you have those days. And um, they just didn't go right for you. They'll go back to the drawing board and they will – continue to, to be a good top special teams unit, and they won't let this thing bother them. They're going to work harder than they ever have to, to fix the things that went wrong. 973-667-1960 or hashtag Giants chat here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Uh, let's try to go to the telephones. I believe our first call is from Joe in Pennsylvania. You're the first one on the show today. Hello. Hi, Joe. Hey, hello, guys. Thanks for uh, 
running this show, I guess. Are, are you all in seclusion in your basements? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, We've been uh, here, Joe. <laughs> thank thank We've you very been in much there. Uh, great win. What, what a week uh, uh, it makes in the NFC East there a week ago. You know what I mean? Dallas beating the Vikings looked like they were going to be the killers. Then Washington comes out with a big win here on Thanksgiving. And now we got our win here. We came through, and I guess tonight we got to root for Seattle. So hopefully Seattle and uh, will come through. I hope uh, Seattle and the Eagles bang the poop out of themselves. You know, uh, getting back to our game here. Uh, there's a few things I wanted to bring. One thing uh, first, uh, uh, this is correctable. I, n- I never saw it. You know, on fourth and one, we had nobody over the center. And that center just has to snap the ball. And if if he can take a a step forward, that's a first down because the quarterback can just, you know what I mean, quarterback sneak it right over my – I don't understand. We didn't have nobody there. We got to meet the center, you know what I mean, uh, head on and and stop them there or that's a first down. So that's something that's correctable. uh, Our kicker there, our field goal kicker, you know, uh, hats off to him there – kicking all them field goals. One thing I did see, Jeff, but that I'm uh, disturbed about was his kickoffs there. I know he tries to get them a lot of time high and just like within down within the five-yard line. But his kickoffs, he had two or three yesterday that were just like lobbers there to the 20-yard line. Purposely. And they were easy getting up into the 30s. Uh, were, were them just uh, bad kicks? <laughs> No, those are those are designed. They call them mortar kicks. They're designed to to kick the ball down there between the fifteen and twenty yard line. Yeah, you know, well, it, I don't it, like it down to between the ten and and the zero. Okay, uh, to the goal line. Okay, but that fifteen to twenty, it's very simple to catch that. And it, it, you know, unless you get them plenty high enough, it's it just so easy. Then there there they are on the thirty five yard line. I don't like that. Uh, well, you didn't like them when they ran it, ran it back one hundred three yards. Oh uh, well, <laughs> hey, I understand that. I understand that. But but they the had a wall they, on there. That was good blocking. Maybe you have to give them credit too. I they did. did. Yeah, I did. They I gave did have an alleyway. You or me could have ran through that alleyway. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, I, I'm not saying 103 <laughs> yards, but you could have ran through that alleyway. There was a five-yard yeah. alleyway that he ran through there. Joe, Joe there is a strategy and a couple no, of reasons why guys do that. And let, let Jeff explain why well, you would try that, that type oh, of kick. Oh, I, I know what it is, really. Okay. Uh, really, I, I know it, but I don't like the placement of it between, like, the 15 and the 20. I don't care if it's from the 10 to, to the goal line. Nice and high, but it's just so well, simple. Let me answer your question there. The reason that why it is at the between the twenty and maybe fifteen and twenty is because the guys that are catching it over there, they're not returners. You kick the ball between the goal line and the ten. Who's going to get that football? That's uh, one of the returners. So uh, the whole object behind this is to kick the ball over there where they have those up back guys that have to go and catch it, and they're not going to return it. They're you're, they're uh, just going to catch it well, and go down. Well, you look yesterday, boy, I, I just don't like it. You know what I mean? Because they were right up into the 30, 35 yard line easy every time. Yeah. You know? I mean, you're giving up, I tell you, you are giving up some field position. Absolutely. But you're, you're not going to give up a touchdown, which you already did. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's very difficult to score a touchdown on a kickoff return to begin with. So I'm not, I'm not too happy with that type of kick either, because what's the chances of them returning two in one game? I, I like my chances with my team. Get down there and cover, you know, and so okay. they asked uh, Graham Gano to do a lot on those kickoffs. They're the mortars, they're place, placement kicks, kick it out of the end zone, kick it high to the goal line. So there's all kinds of different strategies that go into it depending on the personnel oh. that you're going up against. I'd rather kick it out of the end zone. Me too. I kick, don't kick like it out of the one. end zone, 25, let's go. Uh, who made that sack on the end? I couldn't tell. I know Leonard recovered the ball. Who made Javar Sheard. Yeah, the guy. former Colt. He's new. Yeah, I, yeah. he's been. Yeah, I he's we been had a really... lot of new guys. I see. We had the guy in from Penn State and everything running rushing yesterday. You know, they played good. Hats off. You know, uh, who's our backup quarterback now? I'm not sure. Clayton the... Thorson is the practice squad quarterback who right now is the pseudo number three. Pseudo number. Th- where's he from? Is he? He's a, a former Cowboy. 
he he was with the Dallas organization, yeah. and he was brought over when they got rid of Cooper Rush earlier this season, and they right. swapped That's him out with it. Cooper Rush, and Rush actually went back to Dallas after Prescott got hurt. Yeah, see, that, uh, I knew we switched a couple there around. I wasn't sure, so... Um... Okay. Thank uh, you, Joe. Thanks, yeah, thanks for taking my call there. Sure. Appreciate your time. One. 973-667-1960 or hashtag uh, Giants chat. Uh, just to, to further exemplify what the Giants were hoping to do there, P. Ryan and Kareem each had kickoff returns of only 13 yards apiece when the Giants went to those mortar kickoffs. I think the other thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, the other thing is they also tried to uh, discombobulate the timing and the blocking scheme when, when a kickoff sure. is done that way. Yeah, yeah. You're, like I said, you're giving up some yardage, but you're not going to get a return out of it. So, And by the way, you've got now an opportunity for a turnover. So, you know, when you kick the ball out of the end zone every time, you don't get that opportunity. So you're going to give up a little bit of yards, but you're, you're basically banking on your team to cover the kick and to make the tackle and have a chance to maybe get a turnover. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, uh, a couple of tweets I, I just want to get to. It's funny. Orange Light Riot uh, wants to know if we planted some garlic on the field in Cincinnati since the Giants had never won there before. Because you'll, you'll recall we discussed how we were going to do that at MetLife right. to the zap Eagles the Eagles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. We have quietly we've, – we've got a drone that will go from here to anywhere in the world. And and Dettino, he puts the he goes down to the supermarket and gets that those cloves of garlic and whatever, and he just kind of drones it over there and drops it, and then yeah, so it works, it works, good job. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to okay. be a long drone drive to Seattle this week. <laughs> oh my goodness, you think it would run out of gas? I, well, it's, yeah, probably, <laughs> definitely, yeah. Uh, Tonight, uh, by the way, that Seattle-Philadelphia game, for those of you who are, are not awake and have been sleeping the last couple of days, yes, the Giants would want the Seattle Seahawks to beat Philadelphia tonight because that would put Philly at 4-7-1, and one, a half a game behind uh, the Giants and Washington. And then, of course, Seattle is going to host the Giants for a 4 o'clock game uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, got a little spot here i got to read, Jeff. Just want to make sure that people understand that uh, – you can get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants-branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants, member FDIC. And the Giants and Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab tests through Quest, uh, uh, Quest Direct and get the health answers that you need most. 973-667-1960. Jamal is in Dallas. You're next on the show. Hello. What's going on, folks? Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for calling. Look, I'm glad I changed the number because I was getting the the busy signal the last couple weeks trying to get in, so I guess the number change kind of helped. Well, let's put it this way. While this weird year of 2020 uh, is still in play, hopefully it will come to a close in another month and things will go back to normal as quickly as possible. We have had to make a lot of adjustments on the fly, just like the players have. Right, right. No, I appreciate y'all doing that and allowing us to still um, call in and give our views and thoughts. Now, so um, I, I know you got to be frustrated with what happened yesterday because your biggest rule was you don't like quarterbacks running, right? Yep. So how did you feel when you saw what happened? Well, you know, I've said that I would not like to see uh, Daniel Jones maybe run for a planned run two, three, maybe four times tops per game. In fact, that might even be a little much for my liking. So (laughs) there's no question. There's no question that my heart sunk when he went down. When any quarterback winds up getting hurt, when he's on the move like that, you always feel right. bad. So, yeah, yeah. Did, did that leave right. a real sour taste in my mouth? Sure it did. Right. Hey, but big kudos to our to our defense. I mean, I mean, that was early in the season. That's one of them games, like the Chicago game, that would get away from us because we, we couldn't stop a team. So, Kudos to the defense. Even though you know with a backup quarterback, you know you got to play what you got to play who who you're playing against. But hey, we could have let that game go. And early in the season, that's a game that we lose um, when our quarterback goes out like that. So I'm glad to see the defense stepped up. I mean, multiple times, turnovers, sacks, 
I mean, it was just great. And um, I was just hoping that we didn't put Colt McCoy in too many um, long-distance or challenging situations. Um, I, I missed part of the game. Now, what happened, it was in the fourth quarter. We got a – Gallman got a first down on a pass. But then somehow it was third and 25. So I don't know what I missed or what happened. What what took place? Because we mean, got the first down – yeah, you're you're, you're 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 talking about the holding call against uh, against Cam Fleming. Giants had a third and twenty from their own twenty yard line right after the two minute warning, and Gallman caught a right. seven yard pass in the flat, and they called Cameron Fleming for holding. Now on the replay, you could see that he did it. Uh, was it relevant to the play? It was no. not relevant to the play whatsoever. It was not necessary for him to do. It was probably not necessary for the referee to call it. But if you're going by the book, the flag has to come out, and it caused a third and 13 as they were backed up to their own 10. And in all honesty, I mean, let's not kid ourselves, there's a missed, a missed play because of, a, of a, a penalty, a foolish, not warranted penalty that forced them to give up the ball and put the defense in a very dangerous pickle. Yes, yes, it did. And I was happy to see the defense being as resilient and having a resolve of themselves to be able to fight through it and, and, and not put us in a – I mean, they wind up scoring, I think, on that drive, right? The Bengals wind up scoring, I think. No, yeah, and after they that, the, the, they, that was the sack. Yeah. Well, no, no. After, after what that, that Giants punt, there was under a minute left, oh. and their first snap was a sack. Right. That's okay. Right. Okay. Right, sure. right, right. Okay. So we kind of – we got away with it. We got away, yeah. and, that, and, that was, <clears> and that was great to see the defense do that. Like Jeff, the special teams. Come on, guys. That was come on. We almost had us. We almost had us a shutout. <laughs> but um, you know what happened? You know, like they were saying. You know, other parts, other team, other parts of the team have to step up when your when your people go down. So I'm just hoping Colt McCoy's next man up, right? I think Daniel's going to be out for at least a good two, three weeks. They're saying. Ah, uh, you know, I don't know who's saying that because as we tried to describe at the beginning of the program, really all bets are off and it's foolish for anybody to be estimating anything right now until the medical staff has an opportunity to go through their tests. Which is fair, which is fair. But, man, when he came back in for those one or two players and we saw that, I was like, oh, no, no, no. Please no, <laughs> right? But, you know, hopefully Colt McCoy, you know, if he is the next man up, he gets some reps and, you know, now that our defense is playing above the X and nose a little bit, hopefully, you know, Garmin's running the ball well. You know, all Colt McCoy really needs to do is be like a game manager and just get us two touchdowns, two field goals, and let's go. <laughs> and our defense should be able to stop some teams. And I'm talking about, and I'm even referring to the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and even the Ravens, who we got up next. So I think we can make a big, I think we can make a run. We just got to be, make sure we, we, we do our part, of course. That's all I got to say, and thank you guys for taking my call. Sure. Thanks very much, Jamal. Appreciate it. 973-667-1960. Again, we only have one line open, so I know it's a little bit difficult sometimes to get through, but uh, that's what we have to operate under during these pandemic conditions. Let's talk for a second, Jeff, about Colt McCoy. I mean, you know, this is a guy who's been in the league since he was drafted by Cleveland back in 2010. So, you know, he's in his mid-30s. Uh, has started, what, uh, almost, what, 40-something? No, he hasn't started 40-something games. He's started a little over two dozen games, I think, in his career. And, you know, I get it. His one-loss record, not great. But, of course, one-loss records for quarterbacks, to me, don't mean anything. He is a guy who has completed over 60% of his passes in his career, uh, has a roughly one-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. He's more of a game manager, I think, than anything else. And what you hear from the Giants staff, and the reason they brought him here is because he's a great teammate. He's extremely smart. He's very, very well prepared and diligent. And he's very much well liked and looked up to by other guys in that locker room as somebody who can handle any situation when called upon. Well, he's being called upon. Um, and I think that Jason Garrett, being a quarterback, and that offensive staff are going to sit down with him and, and go over the things that he does well. One thing that you have going for you is you have the offensive line in that running game. So that'll take a lot of pressure off of him um, to manage the football game, a lot like Alex Smith. You know, not ask him to do too much. M- ask him to make first downs, get the running game going. 
and not to make mistakes. That's going to be tough to do. But, you know, you're going up against a Seattle defense that might allow you to do some of those things this week. Um, your defense is just going to have to play well against a, a Seattle team that will put some points up. Before we take the next phone call at 973-667-1960, we ought to throw out another high five to Wayne Goldman, who, by the way, sure. set career highs yesterday. <laughs> Didn't quite get to the 100 yards that I expected. He only had, I believe, 93 or 94. But the bottom line was he did set career highs, officially 24 carries for 94 yards, had a touchdown now in his fifth consecutive game. And, I mean, is there any doubt that this coaching staff is riding the hot hand with him? No, I mean, and what what you like about his running styles is north-south. He he tries to get every extra yard you can, doesn't like to get those negative yards. And, you know, the offensive line, they just, when he's in there grinding, man, they're right behind him pushing him. And it's just a great thing to see, really old-fashioned football. But um, he has a knack for the goal line. He did come out of college. We knew that at Clemson. He, was a, he scored tons of touchdowns there. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, what has surprised me is the the successful – uh, the red zone turnaround from the beginning to the, what they're doing now. I mean, they're, they're, they're exceptional in the red zone now. I mean, I don't know f- officially the numbers, but um, it's, there's only a three, maybe two or three number disparity, but was it nine for 11 or 10 for 12 or something like that? But, yeah, it was, I believe it was nine for 11, their last 11 coming in in terms of touchdown efficiency. But, and they were you one know, for three yesterday. So yeah, um, yeah. that's important. That's very important because – and, and, why, and why does that happen? Where is the turnaround? Well, if we look back at the beginning of the season, they could not run the football. That offensive line was in shambles. Well, they're running the football now. Their offensive line is playing better. And so it just goes to show you that the Giants went for it four straight plays. <laughs> four straight plays there to get that touchdown, the first touchdown by Wayne Gallman. So that's, that's impressive, and I think they're going to need it going, going. If they're going to make a run, they're going to need to score touchdowns. They're going to need these teams that are on their schedule. They put up some points. So they're going to need to do it themselves. The New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch-off games once again. Head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. Please gift responsibly. We go back to the phone lines, and he has gotten through despite all attempts to block him. It's Charlie from Portland, Maine. Hello. <laughs> hey, hey, Paul. Hey, Hi. Secret bat phone. He got through. <laughs> That's right. Hey, hey, Paul, I told you I'd be just glad to run away with a three-point or two-point win, and you wanted us to dominate and destroy them, but hey, I'd... I'll take two points. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't counting on a really rough game out of the special teams, but the rest of the yeah, team did pretty much what they needed to do. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, the other thing is, though, you know, uh, Leonard, Leonard Williams got that uh, rough in the passer penalty to help them drive down the field to get that score to get close. Uh, Before the mysterious had, pass interference call, I might add. Yeah, we got a, we got some dumb penalties. But let me just talk about Colt McCoy. Now, I don't know what his record is, but he he must have won some games in the NFL. He's been in the NFL a long time. So, his career is um, 7-21, and 21, but again, one-loss records to me don't hold a lot of yeah, water for a yeah. quarterback. Yeah, well, put it this way. He's got more wins than uh, Daniel Jones, <laughs> all right? Just about. So um, I, I think I think this guy you give him a week of really you you give him you know you you give him his first team reps right he didn't have any last week or the week before or the week before that so you give him a week of uh, first team reps and uh, maybe you know he's got a connection with uh, wide receivers that he's been working with you know in the scout team maybe that's where Mac comes in. Maybe that's going to be his dude that he can uh, have could some be. chemistry with. Could be. You know, McCoy I said himself could... that he hadn't run any of the first team snaps, and he went in there yeah. basically fresh and cold yesterday. Uh, exactly. And you know, so perhaps the Austin Mack could become a big player for for him. I'll say this though, uh, Charlie. Just remember one thing. Daniel Jones did get credit for yesterday's victory, even though he had to come out. Yeah. So that would give yeah. him seven career victories. So he and oh, McCoy would be even. Just so you know. <laughs> okay. That's great. Well, well, there you go. He's tied with Jones and, and wins. So, look, I, I, I think this guy is, is a, a very functional quarterback. I think he's going to surprise some people. I think he's the type of guy, if he, you know, if he gets time, you know, like any quarterback, he can pick a team apart. And uh, if he gets the time – then I think he uh, he's going to play really well. 
I don't think we can beat Seattle just because unless our defense really holds, uh, you know, Wilson down, which uh, I just don't think they can. But, you know, these next three games, hey, is, did Kyle Murray go out yesterday? Is that why Patriots beat him? Was was he injured again? Or I, I didn't see the game, so I don't know what happened. Is he injured right now? The, Patri- the Patriots game yesterday? Patriots yeah, Arizona. They played, yeah. yeah, they played Arizona. And I'm just wondering if Kyle Murray is Oh, Kyler you know, Murray. I'm sorry, yeah, Charlie. Murray. Your accent really threw me off. I thought you were talking <laughs> about Kyle Murray. I was getting hungry. It's lunchtime. <laughs> Calamari, hey, that's a good nickname. There you go. Definitely will hurt you, Calamari. Yeah. <laughs> no, for, for, to to my knowledge, uh, Murray did not get injured yesterday. In, oh, okay. in fact, his numbers. Again, here's what I will say, and I was talking to John about this before the program. Over the last two weeks, he's only run the ball five times in each of the last two games. Yesterday, at 31 yards rushing, and the week before, only 15. And those are two of his uh, lowest totals of the season. And that's because teams are finally starting to figure out what he does with his legs. Now, he could still hurt you with his arm. My goodness, he can throw it a long way and he can throw it accurately. And he certainly can still escape. But in terms of him running for big plays, it looks like both Seattle and New England, because I watched that Seattle game last week very carefully, and the Seahawks, and I'll talk more about it this week, they had a great game plan to contain Murray's legs. And I think the Giants would be wise to uh, to try to mimic some of that. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, I'm not totally – hey, the, the thing is, if the Giants would just use some Monica on uh, Jones, oh, he'd be God. playing in two weeks, man. But they won't. So Thanks, Charlie. Be well. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. I, I he like got when through, Charlie didn't he, he well, got through I, on that one line for some reason. And, he got and, through and I will on that say, Jeff, I like when he's happy because he's a lot easier to deal with. Yeah, no question. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how much easier, but I guess so. Um, just so folks understand, there were new protocols that you referred to earlier, and I do want to mention this because it is relevant. Uh, the NFL has shut down all team facilities on Mondays and Tuesdays, so you can't have anybody at those facilities. Uh, you used to be able to have your coaches on Monday, and you used to be able to have some team meetings if they were properly spread out on Monday. You couldn't have anybody on the field on Monday because of the earlier pandemic rules. Tuesday mm-hmm. is always the players' days off. So what Joe Judge is doing today and what other coaches around the league are doing today, they're having virtual meetings uh, with the Zoom calls. Uh, usually when we're in a regular season and a regular year, Monday's a correction day, Jeff. And explain to, to the folks what these players are missing out on by having to go on the computer today. Well, they're missing out. On Mondays are usually, you know, you come in, you lift, and you get your workouts in. And then there's, a, there's meetings. Um, you break up offense, defense, special teams. You go over the, the game film, okay? And then you go out on the field and you do corrections. And you correct your mistakes that you made in the game. And then that's, that's it for the day. So, you know, you're, you're missing workouts. Um, you're missing value. Well, they're doing, the, they're doing the breakdown on Zooms, okay? The only, and the big thing they're missing is the corrections. And that's when they get together and they walk through, you know, why were you – we were in this coverage – you made this mistake. Let's not do it again. Why? What happened? They correct that. And they go to the next one. So, you know, the, the coaches get up. They they usually start grading the film the night up. I mean, the night of the game, and then into the next morning. So when the players get to the facility the next day, they've got to be able to to go out on the field and correct the mistakes. And that's what happens. So yeah, you're missing. And then Tuesday's your day off. Your normal Tuesday day off in the NFL. And then you come back on Wednesday. And so Tuesday. And they're putting the game plan together, the coaches. So Wednesday, when you come into the facility, you got the game plan right there and uh, in, usually in your locker, ready to go and start, you know, working on your next opponent. So you're missing a lot of that stuff by not being there on Monday. 973-667-1960. We go to Lynn from Columbia. You're next on the show. Hello. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Hi. Good, Lynn. Okay. Hey, nice win yesterday. Four and seven, uh, one more win than we had last year. And, um, you know, Seattle beats Philadelphia like we all expect uh, to happen tonight. And uh, we're sitting in first place. 
Len, and most importantly, you had said before the season nine and seven, and that is still alive. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got it. Yeah, we got five games left. <laughs> still possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it might I, be I, impossible. You know, but listen, let me possible. say something, Paul. Uh, related to that, it's probably more something we should get into in the off season. But um, I still don't think I had them overrated. But let, let's leave it at that, and if we can, talk about yesterday's game and, and maybe a little bit about the future. Um, would, would you guess that they, they have some phone calls out to some quarterbacks, guys? I, I mean, just wow. in case. I, I mean, well, I don't... Remember, remember, Len, how the protocols are to get people in the building. It's going to be tough. It's not easy to get somebody like, you know, the normally that you would be able to do, so... Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I, I think a lot of it will determine what they find out today medically from Daniel yeah. Jones and his prognosis. Yeah. Probably. I mean, every team has a short list. You're yeah, aware yeah, of that, Len. Yeah. And I'm sure they have a short list of guys they might want to think about. But, I mean, there's a reason that Thorson's on the practice squad, right? Yes. I mean, he is he is available should they have to call him up, even as a practice squad exemption. You know, yeah. if Daniel Jones does not make the trip to Seattle, you would think McCoy starts and Thorson gets that exemption promotion. Yeah, yeah. And and, the, and a couple of people, including yourself, have made some positive comments, and Charlie did too, about Colt McCoy. Uh, you know, he's been around. He's started games in this league, and he's won some games in this league. And, you know, he showed a little escapability yesterday. He was running a little bit. Um, you know, so you see what happens if Daniel can't play. Of course, we're all hoping Daniel can play. That. I think there's a big difference there. I'm not trying to say McCoy's as good as Jones. But, um, you know, I, he's, a, he's a pro quarterback. This guy's been around. And, you know, you coach him up a little bit, take advantage of his strengths, and, you know, you give him a good game plan, and you go out there and win a game in Seattle. But, um, yeah, but yesterday was big. I, you know, especially if Philly loses tonight, I mean, it almost gives us a little cushion. Um, no, there's no cushion, Len. <laughs> there's no cushion. He said this a little is, cushion. This, this is going to be a nail biter right down to the final cushion. snap. Are you it's kidding more, me? Yeah, it's a pin well, cushion. How do you, That's well, no, go ahead. No, I, I wasn't kidding you. What, what, uh, where are you coming from? What, what, what bothered you? Nothing bothers me, Len. What I'm saying is, there's, there's, even if Philadelphia loses tonight, there's still no cushion because despite the tiebreaker over Washington, the Giants in Washington still are tied with the same record. So, to be frank, the situation is this. If Philadelphia wins tonight, okay, mm-hmm. they are technically in control of the division because they would be the only team that could win out and lock out everybody else. You follow? Yeah, so, yeah, you I know, do. So, so, you know, you'd rather have it where you're in control. Now, if the Giants okay, come out of tonight's Seattle-Philadelphia game still in first place with a tiebreaker over Washington, then they have total control of their destiny with five games to play. Actually, Paul, let me, can I step in for a second? Yeah. That's actually not true. Do you know why? What happens if Dallas wins every game the rest of the way? They can't if the Giants went out. Huh? If the Giants went out, Dallas can't. No, but they can't because Dallas plays the Giants the last week of the year. And if Dallas wins that game, they win the tiebreaker. No, no, but I'm saying if the Giants went out, then Dallas can't win out. Well, so both those teams then control their own destiny. Well, in that that regard, but I'm saying if you're going to assume that the Giants can control their destiny by winning out, they have to beat Dallas. Yeah, right. But my point is that controlling your own destiny is that you don't have to rely on anybody else. Oh, on yeah, yeah, yeah. So both oh, that's those true. teams do actually. That's true. Usually you don't have two teams that impact that way. But yeah. in this case, two teams actually do control their own destiny yeah. if Philly yeah. loses tonight. That's yeah. true. I, I, I had the right theory, but I didn't phrase no, it correctly. No, that's okay. No, me, no, it's me, good. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, John, because we should make that clear to everybody. But the Giants are beating Dallas anyway, cushion. so what's the problem? Yeah, go well, ahead. Like, yeah, Len. Yeah, yeah. Let me go back to my cushion statement. What, what, what I was referring to there, and I think you, you and John just talked about that, no, nobody in this division is going to win five games in a row. No. For obvious reason, they're playing each other. No, I think you're <laughs> so, right. So, you know, you start thinking less than that. But what, I, what I'm thinking about is not that we can give away the game in Seattle, but we're we're still very very much in contention. Um, if Philly loses tonight, going into Seattle, even if we lose, we're we're really we're really in pretty good shape. I mean, like Paul just said a little earlier to my call. I mean, this is going down to for us. It, it's going to go down to the Baltimore and Cowboys game. 
I mean, those are going to turn out to be, we're going to be talking, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, the week of Christmas about how important these next two games are going to be. How many games does, does it, does it take, Len? Do you, do you have to win six or do you have to win seven to well, win this if, division? Well, you know, if we win six, Paul, I don't think the Redskins, who we're tied with right now at this moment, although we're ahead of the Redskins, I don't think they can. I, I don't think the Redskins can win three. If we win two, the Red, it's going to have to be somebody else because I really don't believe the Redskins can win three games. If we win two, they would need to win three. I don't think they can do it. See, I look at the talent on the Eagles' 53-man roster, and despite mm-hmm. the fact that they've had a lot of problems recently, and obviously the Giants beat them up at MetLife, I still look at that roster and I say, my goodness, they've got to be able to, to sneak out three wins. I could see that happening. If I'm the Giants, I'm not going to feel comfortable unless I get to seven. Yeah, okay. All right. I, I can understand yeah. seven that. Seven gets hey, you in. Hey, can I say something about special teams for a second? Go ahead, sure. quick. Yeah, you know, um, when, you, when your best players on special teams get blocked and can't make the play, like on that 103-yard kickoff return, I mean, somebody else has got to make the play. I mean, the two people on the – if you remember the opening kickoff, when Wilson himself, the guy who returned later returned the kick for the – made a big play on that opening kickoff. He came from the outside. He was on the edge. Came and made a play. On, on that particular kickoff return, our edge people running down the field weren't anywhere close to getting to that guy. Now, I don't know. Maybe there was a hesitation because the ball was three yards deep in the end zone. And maybe you say to yourself as you're running down the field, uh, he's, gonna, he's just going to sit on that. But he didn't. He came out. And I don't know if that was a plan or just something he, he did on his own in that particular situation. But if your best guys, if your gunners get blocked, you know, come on, somebody else make a play. That's why you put 11 guys out on the field. Yeah. And it shouldn't be left to the kicker. I'm not blaming Gano here. You know, it shouldn't be left to the kicker to make that tackle. Now, one other thing that I could see hurting us going forward, and I didn't realize this until the game was over, Ebner got hurt. <clears throat> yeah, you know, really. he's, he's, you know, arguably our, our best special teams player. But one thing he does, Jeff, is stand in front of that punter and, and pick up a guy who he thinks might get close to the punter. Mm-hmm. we we got to watch that. If Ebner's out for any period of time, we we got to watch out who that backup fullback is, because I've seen seen and you have to, Jeff. I know it's not just me. I mean, you're out. You were out on the field. You, you see things happen when that backup blocker, or, or when your when your key fullback, yeah, um, but you on, don't think about on those special things, teams goes down and that backup comes in. Sometimes there's you know leakage. We call it. There's leakage. <laughs> Meaning Len, guys, Len, guys, I think we lost you. It's a, t- guys it's a tough line there. Guys that normally don't get back there, there's, they're getting back there, and it can creep into you. But, um, you know, you have confidence in the guys that are there. So if Ebner's out, then you have confidence in whoever the next guy is. I don't know who it would be. Jabril Peppers is, has always played that position like that, so maybe they yep. put him in there. Um, but uh, I, I, would, I never worried about that because, you know what, I was always confident the guys on that special team unit of mine were going to do their job. And if they didn't, then they would get replaced and have somebody else come in and do it. So I'll, I just got to worry about doing my own job. I'm being honest with you, Jeff. I didn't notice who the punting uh, fullback yeah, was yesterday yeah, I didn't after Ebner went out. So that's a really good observation by Land to at least uh, be a bit concerned about it. But the Giants obviously were able to get the operation off without a hitch uh, following Ebner's knee injury. A Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. The New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch-off games once again. Head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. Please gift responsibly. 973-667-1960 is our phone number. Again, you can always hit us up at hashtag GiantsChat on Twitter. Um, One of the things that that I wanted to mention to you uh, also, Jeff, Mm -hmm. is that Darius Slayton, we know, has been playing through a, a sore foot basically for the whole season. And his snap count has gone down the last couple of weeks. And even Coach Joe Judge said after the game that he's been fighting through some things and been gutting it out. Uh, there was there was a long pass yesterday. You know, you and I kind of differ on the difficulty and, and if it mm-hmm. should have been caught or not been caught. But he really is their biggest big play threat downfield. And even with the bye week, uh, we saw his snap count reduced because he, he's fighting through injury. I admire him for doing it, 
But I got to tell you, the Giants are going to have to be able to hit some of those big ones to him if they're going to win games. Yeah, or get somebody else that you know would be able to do it full speed. I mean, Austin Mack's a good, a good sized guy, so and he's becoming a little more familiar with the system and not a and, speedy guy though. Yeah, but I mean, he's a big guy. He's a big target. Yes, he is. So, um, I don't think there's anybody left on that roster that's going to be a speedy guy like like Slayton. Do you? No. So, I mean, I'm just trying to replace him with a little bit of size, so he maybe he can you know go up and and high point a ball somewhere. So, um, I'm just, I mean, I'm I'm. Watching the Seahawks, that man, decap that guy, DK Metcalf. Yeah, <laughs> well, I remember He's last a specimen. year, I he really is. I remember last year, my, my son and I went to the playoff game. Um, down the Eagles played the um, Seahawks last year, if you remember in the first round, and we went down to that game and watching that dude play was like, wow, I mean, just amazing. He's a big dude. Um, so that's going to be something that the Giants are going to have to contend with is that guy right there. They have not played a receiver like that this year. I don't believe there's anybody been like... There's nobody like that in the league. He, he reminds me of Terrell Owens, you know, and Megatron. One I'll, of those I'll, give of you, I'll give you another one. He, he's a little bit taller version to me of Anquan Bolden. Yeah, 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 well, exactly, Anquan Bolden, yeah. Yeah, a good point. Yep, they're I mean, big dude, you know, good taller. Back to your yeah. Arizona days, I, I know yeah. you know who that is. Yeah, absolutely. That dude was thick. Well, remember they had Bolden and you had Fitzgerald, both of them on the same team at one time. You know, that was a great combo. We so. go back to the phones. Line one, Scott from New Mexico. Scott. You're next on the show. How you doing, Scott? Hey, guys. How you doing today? Good. Hi. Um, I'm uh, obviously worried that Daniel Jones might be out. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that he's not. But that being said... Uh, what I look at in quarterbacks is their average yards per completion. And with in uh, Colt McCoy's career, it's like six and a half yards, which I don't think is going to cut it. What can the Giants do? And I'm talking specifically about the offensive line. I know they're going to run the football, but do they have to tailor uh, a different way or a different kind of blocking scheme to allow Colt? McCoy to have a little bit more time. Plus, the other variable that nobody's talked about is the physical size between Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy. I think Daniel Jones is about 6'5", and Colt McCoy is about 6'1". And smaller quarterbacks, linemen, obviously, are going to put their hands up and so forth. So what kind of uh, routes should be run with a quarterback like Colt McCoy at the helm? And what can potentially add to his value about putting the ball down the field? Because I think, Paul, you addressed... Mostly the issue is he's played 11 years. Uh, he doesn't have a high completion percentage. Uh, it's average, but and his touchdowns to uh, interception ratio is yeah. like 29 to 27. But since we're gonna, since I'm gonna hope for the best, but in case Daniel Jones can't make it, what schemes are going to be different in the blocking attempts uh, of the linemen, and what kind of patterns can they use? Do you think? against a team like Seattle, and I'll be glad to take your answer sure. off to your guys. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. Paul, you want to go? Jeff, I would just real quick say in terms of the patterns, the short slants and the crosses over the middle, uh, when you're talking about a six-foot-one quarterback, those probably aren't nearly as effective as opposed to when you have a quarterback who's 6'4 or 6'5. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is something that's going to be asking for trouble if you try to be you know, shooting those passes in that area of the field. Well, I think I think with a running game, play action helps you. Okay, so a lot of under the center, a lot of play action um, to free some of those linebackers and safeties. And, and and McCoy, being a veteran, will be able to do that, which will then allow some of those shorter patterns to develop. I think also where Googe, the new offensive line coach, is going to come into effect here, is I believe that they got to roll some, they got to do some rollouts with him, get him out of the pocket so that he can get and and, and see the field a little bit better. So that's type of a little bit of a different blocking scheme on some of those um, rollout passes. Those are the kind of things I think you're going to see this week with Colt McCoy. Let me ask you one thing about about a, a veteran of his nature. Now, look, I don't know. They talk about all the time that some guys are starting pitchers in baseball and some guys are relief pitchers in baseball, and it takes them longer to warm up. It takes them more to get into the flow. To me, Colt McCoy has been around long enough. I'll be honest. I know he was rusty yesterday, and he and he hadn't run any of the first team plays. And I guess I really should give him a lot of consideration for that. But you know, he himself said he missed a couple of throws during that game that were really, 
really simple throws. That one in the uh, to, in the flat to Goldman, where uh, not Goldman to um, to uh, Dion Dewan Lewis. Touchdown, by the I way. I mean, oh, my. He missed him by, like, three feet. Yeah, I think, actually, he had a throw over the defensive end. His hand was up. So, I mean, you go back and look at that play. Um, his, his He had to elevate his throw a little bit over the yeah. defender. So, I mean. I, that, I would like to believe he would have been a little bit more accurate, but I guess the rust really is something that we can't gauge, and it's unfair to, to, to Sure, to and, and, and you know this, just practicing – in, during practice and then into a game, the speed of everything is elevated. And I know that he's a, he's a veteran and he's been in games before, but he hasn't been in games this year. So it takes you a little bit of time to get used to that. And it's like riding a bike. He'll, he'll, he'll be fine going into the next game. He got a good dose of some reps this week. And if, he, if Jones can't play, um, you know, I, I, I agree with you. He's a backup quarterback by nature. That's what he's done all his career. So for us to expect him to go and you know start ten games for you, I don't think that's the guy you're looking for. He's here because of exact reason what what we're talking about right now, to get you through a couple games if he has to, right? I mean, and so the offense is going to have to change it up a little bit. You're in, and I don't whoever just mentioned who uh, um, Scott was saying that about Daniel Jones and his height. The difference is is quite a bit. So I think you've got to do some things to to be able to let him get out of the pocket a little bit and see the field where he can run or mm-hmm. even throw the ball. His last strike came on October 6th of 2019 when he was with Washington. That was week five of the regular season. Uh, he lost, uh, or the, the, his team lost well, didn't to the Patriots. Did he play against the Giants what, last, last year? No, I'm talking about his last start. Okay. His last start was October 10th of 19. Uh, New England beat Washington 33-7. to He was 18 of 27 for 122 yards with one interception and was sacked six times <laughs> and ran twice for 14 yards. <laughs> we all know the troubles the Washington offensive line had last year. Sure. So I don't want to put that on him. But, uh, you know, certainly uh, we'll see what happens today. He may, who knows, maybe Daniel Jones can start against Seattle. Uh, 973-667-1960. Keith is on line one, the only line we have. Hello. Hey, how are you today? Hi, Keith. Thanks for calling. Yeah, so I've been a big Giants fan ever since we, I built the first Giants stadium, man, built the second one too, man. So it's uh, it's an nice. honor to be talking to you guys. Cool. I work with them all the time and everything else. And the one guy I want to talk about, because uh, like, uh, they picked up this guy Pettis a while ago. Mm-hmm. From okay. 49ers, supposed to be a wide receiver, quick guy, returner, receive, yep. wide receiver, 6'1". Yep. I was, thought he might be somebody that would be like a, a Slayton-type guy that they might be able to use. Well, I suppose you could run him on a couple of fly routes just to give him a shot. I, I don't necessarily know how much chemistry he's going to have with McCoy. I mean, he just got here, and, you know, uh, he certainly hasn't had a lot of opportunity to develop uh, any symmetry with with the, what they're trying to do, but yeah, you know what? If you want to, if he's going to be active, I don't know if he's even going to get a jersey this week. But well, if he's been if on you, the COVID list too, I know that's what I'm trying to oh, say. He's had no chance. He's had no chance to, had no chance to work chance. with the team. You know. Yeah. But hey, it doesn't take much to tell somebody to just run a straight go down the sideline. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So I, I just I was hoping uh, that he would be be available a little bit sooner, and I thought he might be a. I don't know what he is. No, I mean, but I, I thought I know he's a burner of sorts. You know. Yes. No, he's a burner. So I, I was hoping that he might be available at some point, and uh, that he might be able to compliment somebody like Slayton or otherwise. You know, and. But it's hard to know what to do when you can't even bring him. No, I know. Practice. They haven't had a chance to really work with him. So, I mean, I you know, that may be a couple of games away if, in fact, he's able to help them. He, they, he's really the, he's, he's quite a returner. Um, he's a, that, I mean, I think that's going to be his primary role when he gets here is a punt returner, a kickoff returner. Anyway, appreciate the phone call. Thank you very much. A couple of minutes, in fact, a couple of seconds left in the program. Jeff, uh, any closing thoughts as the Giants will very eagerly await tonight's Seattle-Philadelphia Monday Night Football game? Yeah, that and eagerly wait for some news on Daniel Jones and, you know, how the week goes by. But, you know, just to summarize the game yesterday, I I feel like this is kind of one of those things where the Giants needed to learn how to come out of a bye and go on the road and play. Um, And, you know, it just goes to show you that this team is – does, it's still got a long ways to go as far as blowing teams out that they should. 
um, your your reference. Uh, they want to stomp on them, right? But they were they just, drop the you know, hammer, drop the hammer. the hammer. But I will tell you that you know they they're learning how to compliment. If some if one part of the of the team is not playing well, one of them steps up, and they certainly did that yesterday. And you should be real proud of that um, going forward. And now you got to go on the road and play a tough team. But again, just one game at a time. And the Giants are in first place for God's sakes. Wow. Hello. <laughs> Jeff, it's been a fun day. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Thank you, John. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Remember, Joe Judge's presser with the media. You can check us out on Twitter at around 4 o'clock today. We'll see if there's any more updated information on Daniel Jones and other goings on with the New York Giants. Thanks for listening. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. As a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. For Jeff Eagles, I'm Paul Tatino. So long, everybody.